What's up, everybody? It's Be Dangerous back again with a very long and another very delayed version of Dangerous Sports Talk. Listen, it's my birthday month, alright? So, I haven't been feeling like doing anything, plus work has been kicking my ass and different shit. But, hey, listen, I'm still here, and we got a lot of shit to get into today. But before we do that, please follow me, Be Dangerous, at the Be Dangerous on Instagram and Twitter. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and also follow this podcast that you're listening to right now on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcasts are available. And we're just going to get right into it. So I'm going to start off with the most obvious thing that I have to talk about. So the Lakers actually... Winning six games over Golden State, the defending champions. Now they are going to be facing the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. And it's just absolutely astronomical. Like I said, I sound like a broken record when it comes to the Lakers, but you have to really put into accountability of how much shit, of how much shit that nobody thought was going to happen this season with them. They started off 2-10. and 10. Rob Palenka finally got his head out of his ass. Made the necessary moves that needed to be made. And that, and this team here has shown more toughness than I've seen in any Laker team within the past couple of years. Like, constantly. They should show you that you cannot count the Lakers out. Because I've seen people give credit to um, Denver. Or I've seen them give credit to Miami. Hell, I've even seen them give credit to, wait, 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 who who was Miami playing? Who was Miami playing? Oh, Boston. We'll get into Boston later. But I've seen everybody give them credit. But when it comes to the Lakers, there's always a reason why X, Y, and Z happen. People can't swallow their tongues or swallow their pride to give the Lakers any type of credit for anything. And honestly, I've seen that coming. And I embrace all negatives. Because I'm not the Laker fan that you can just bump into like a certain player on the team who's always very fragile and I'm going to go away. Absolutely the fuck not. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is, how it is, when it is, and just how fast it is, all right? So I can be just as proud of this Lakers team as Miami can be proud of their team, Boston can be proud of their team, Denver can be proud of their team. I could be proud of my team. So, trying to humble B is never going to happen. I'm sorry. Especially after all the shit I've seen this season alone. I got every reason to show my black ass, to rep harder, and to be just as loud as any other basketball fan out here. Fucking period. So, let's just get into what the rest of the NBA has been doing. So, we have Denver winning over the Suns. And to me, it shouldn't be shocking. Because even though we know that Kevin Durant and Chris Paul are future Hall of Famers. Well, hell, Chris Paul, I should say, more than anything. Future Hall of Famer, okay? One of the greatest players to play the game in in the point guard position. You just can't get over the hump. You got one finals appearance. And no rings. And it's sad to see a talent like that not get any rings. 
But there are just some players that just can't get it done for some reason. Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton, but we know the reason why they didn't win a ring. Chris Paul had his opportunities to do it, and he didn't get it done. Especially when you spent your, some of your best years with the damn Clippers. Like, the NBA thought they was doing the Lakers dirty by vetoing the trade that would have sent them to the Lakers just to have them move on to the Clippers, and they got absolutely nothing from it. So, if anything, you screwed the Clippers, not the Lakers. And KD hasn't gotten past the semifinals since he was with Golden State. So, people are going to hold that over his head as well. And people expected the Suns to get further than what they did, but the Denver Nuggets... And the Joker said, yeah, nah, we ain't having that shit. Because Denver is a tough team. The Lakers cannot sleep on Denver. Like those stupid-ass menial mistakes that you were making in the first two rounds of the playoffs and during the season, it's not going to fly. Because Denver is going to make you pay. So I don't know what's going through your heads right now, but you better have that same fire, determination, and grit to get to this, that you got to this point. You're going to need all the fucking help that you can get. Stay healthy. Don't get suspended. And fucking win. That's my advice to the Lakers versus in this series. But we have the Heat winning over the Knicks, of course, four games to two. The Boston and Sixers game. I watched the first half of this game. And Jason Tatum finished with 51 points to pretty much blow out the 76ers in Game 7, and they will move on to play Miami in the next round. And this is absolutely disappointing and disheartening for the newest MVP, Joel Embiid, in the process. And at some point, listen, I've been hearing about the process, this, the process, that, trust the process, For the last decade now. And honestly, I'm tired. I'm fucking tired. Because you can only hear something for so long, X amount of times, before you get before you're over it. That's all I've heard since before the 76ers built this team. They have been determined to get to a good spot. With Ben Simmons, with Markel Fultz, um, Joel Embiid, who was not happy when he got drafted to the Sixers, if nobody actually remembers that. I still have his draft picture somewhere, or it might be on my old phone. I don't know. But it's disheartening because the process is not going to be fulfilled until they get to the finals or win the championship. And uh, it's just sad. Like, I can't even go in on the 76ers because they've had... A damn good season. That's nothing to sneeze at. They got an MVP in Joel Embiid. The first MVP they've had since Allen Iverson in 2001. And it's like, you have nothing to be ashamed of, but it's still disappointing that you couldn't get past the Boston Celtics. And we know that the Celtics are the kings, hell, Boston, period, are the kings of Game 7. The Boston Celtics, the Bruins, trust me, I know about Boston, Boston sports, if you can believe that or not. So, yeah, we got the Eastern and Western Conference Finals coming up. And I'm going to keep my eyes open and give you guys as many updates as I possibly can. Because one thing I don't want to do is oversaturate y'all with content. 
Like, I can't do a show after every single game. Because people will still have to catch up and watch, listen to the other shows to catch up with the new shows. So it was easier for me to just let the series pass. Let more things happen in the sports world before I give you guys another show. That's why I waited for so long. Plus, I was just fucking lazy. But anyway, anyway. Moving on to track and field. So, Miss Shikari Richardson has been on fire. I think she won the last two races that she had. And this is a different Shikari Richardson. Like, gone are the distractions of social media, the distractions of her hair, nails, being too ghetto, all this other superfluous bullshit. And she is definitely more focused on winning. And the craziest thing about that is I haven't heard too much about it. Because you can easily talk about Shikari Richardson when she isn't focused. You can easily talk about her when she gets caught with, what, marijuana in her system. And that's a big controversy. You could talk about the negatives just like that. But when it comes to her actually winning and being focused and being determined to actually win, it's silent. But I'm proud of her. I absolutely am. And just seeing her, like, she has a fire in her eyes. Like, I can't post a picture in here, obviously, but I posted a picture on my Facebook. And she has this focused look in her eyes that you see when you know that somebody is ready to take over and somebody who is ready to fucking win and succeed. And she's absolutely doing it. So, Shakari Richardson, keep it up. Please do keep it up. Because I'm proud of you. If no one else has told you yet, I'm proud of you. Also, the WNBA season begins. I don't know if we're still in preseason or not, but I'm like, look, I got to cover some of these games. And the Sparks won over the Mercury. And this was Brittany Griner's first game back. And she had 10 points. Miss Diana, Diana Tarassi had 13 points. Zia Cook had 12 points. And my girl in the Sparks, Miss Shiny, I can't, I cannot pronounce her last name to save my fucking life. Ojuin Mika, she had nine points. And of course, everybody knows I love the, love the LA Sparks because they're an extension of the Lakers, of course. So they got their first one of the season. Then we have the Dallas Wings versus the Indiana Fever. Dallas wins 80... Wait, I'm tripping. The Indiana Fever win 90-83. to 83. The Chicago Sky win over the Minnesota Lynx 82-74. 80, the Las Vegas Aces win over the New York Liberty 84-77. And we know... I've been looking forward to seeing how the Aces jail with the new additions... We have Brianna Stewart with nine points and seven rebounds. Kelsey Plume with seven with um twenty-two points. Fine ass Miss Wilson. Asia Wilson. She had a 17 and 7 night. Chelsea Gray had 15 and a 6 night. And we had I was looking to see what Miss Parker was gonna do. Miss Candace Parker. And she didn't have that great of a game. She was one for eight, and she only had three points. But listen, 
you're going to have on games, you're going to have off games. So what can you really do? Plus, when you have the players that you do in Las Vegas, you can win without Candace Parker going for 30, 20, or whatever crazy numbers that she can put up at any given night. But when you don't have to do that and you can sit back a little bit, but you can still contribute, that's always a sign that you're on a good team as well. So I'm definitely going to give you all some WNBA updates when the time permits and give you all some scores when they actually play when I do a show. And, (coughs) excuse me. And, yes, I'm glad the women's sports is on the come up in college and the pros, all that good stuff. I love seeing the ladies do their thing. Also, we have a retirement, you guys. We have Mr. Andre Iguodala. He is calling it a career. And I always liked Iggy, even when he was on the 76ers, when he was doing dunk contests with Allen Iverson throwing him the ball and all that good stuff. But Iggy, Iggy's career is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. He he is a four-time NBA champion, a finals MVP, with seven finals finals appearances. He's a one-time All-Star, two-times All-Defense, one-time Olympic gold medalist. So, yes, absolutely. Everything that he has done in the NBA in the time that he had should absolutely be commended. And he was the key reason... That the Warriors won the 2015 championship because he, he played his ass off. And nobody thought that the Warriors were going to be able to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers at that time. But when Iggy came through and said, listen, I'm going to come through and I'm going to show y'all what's up. And that's the best I've ever seen Dre play. It really has. And... His best success, of course, was with the Golden State Warriors. And, oh, shit, I got to talk about the Warriors, too. And it's always rewarding when you see a player of that caliber do his thing in his prime. So, Iggy, enjoy your retirement. You definitely did what you were supposed to do in the NBA. And my hat's off to you. Also, I got to talk about Golden State. So, this season was obviously disappointing for the Golden State Warriors because as them being the defending champions, you expected them to just steamroll over the Lakers and go back to their rightful place in the Western Conference Finals. But that didn't happen. So people are taking (laughs) every opportunity to really question what's going to happen with Golden State. And I'm going to say the same thing that Stephen A. Smith said. As long as Steph, Clay, and Dre are there, the Warriors are always going to be a force. And they're always going to be a contender, no matter what. But then you have other contracts to worry about. You're worried about a Jordan Poole. I don't know about Andrew Wiggins' contract. You know what I'm saying? Like Everyone's wondering, like, okay... We're wondering, like, what is really about to happen? Is Clay going to get traded, or is he going to become an unrestricted free agent so he can go wherever the hell he wants to? Is he going to stay? What's Steph going to do? Like, all this stuff every dynasty or franchise goes through. If you have players of the caliber of a Steph Curry, a Clay Thompson, 
or a Draymond Green who are the cornerstones of a team. If you lose one, two, or all of them, you're going to be forced to start over. And I know that Golden State does not want to start over, especially when Steph is in his prime. And I didn't even know Steph was two years older than me. But anyway, all franchises go through it. The Bulls went through it in the 90s with with Michael, Scotty, and Dennis. The Lakers went through it with Kobe and Shaq. Uh, Like, all the great franchises in sports go through it. So when you have a loss like this, everything is just up in the air and you don't know what's really going to happen. But it's up to management to decide what's going to happen. And of course it's up to the players because at the end of the day, if the player says, I'm not signing this contract X, Y, and Z, that's just what it is. And you're going to have to find other pieces to make up for what you lost. Granted, you're going to suffer when you lose a player of that stature. But look, it's up to them to decide what they want to do. I can't say that I'm too broken up over Golden State losing because it was at the hands of the Lakers. But, hey, you know what you got to do, Golden State, so hey, make it happen. (laughs) Also, I had a request from a friend of mine in my Dangerous Sports Talk inbox. I didn't even get a chance to respond to it. But anyway, so John Morant is again suspended for another Instagram Live video that he appeared to be holding a gun. (sighs) That was my reaction when I first seen that shit. When I seen that he got suspended again, I'm like, so you really didn't learn shit from that entire fiasco during the season. And you just want to be out here flexing, showing guns on Instagram and thinking that everything is going to be okay. And I think either Michael Wilborn or Stephen A. Smith said this yesterday before the, for game seven. <laughs> They said, we become the enemies when we tell the truth. Especially about something like this. You have a young black man who has his future right there in front of him. Making money that some could only see in their dreams. And you are hell-bent on being somebody's hoodlum. You are hell-bent on wanting to be a gangster so damn bad. That you will be willing to throw away guaranteed money doing what God put you here to do just to be suspended again. Like, at, at this point, the NBA should really enforce rules. They should have a three strikes, you're out rule. So that means if you get into any trouble, especially with fucking guns at that, If you constantly do the same dumb bullshit over and over again, we're giving you three chances before you're like, okay, you know what? We're terminating your contract and you got to find your own way. That should be it. Like that really should be what the NBA should enforce and do. Because how many times is he going to keep doing this dumb shit before you see that this boy is going to do what the hell he wants to do? And if he wants to show guns, okay, that's fine. But you're not going to do it while you want an NBA jersey. 
Like, do you know how fast Gilbert Arenas got kicked out of the league after his gun incident with fucking Javaris Crittenton, of all people? Like, one minute he was on the Washington Wizards, one minute he was the cornerstone of that franchise, the next minute he's out. So I don't even know how many chances he's going to get. Josh still has everything. That first time, he got lucky. He's lucky that his endorsements didn't get snatched away. He's lucky that Nike didn't snatch away their endorsements. He's lucky that Memphis is still giving him that chance because they want the respect and relevancy of being an elite NBA team. But it's just fucking crazy. Like, dude, are you really that dumb and dim? And do you really want to be a thug so bad that you would do this shit? Like, some, as someone who was raised in the suburbs, one thing that I would never want to do is be ghetto and hood because I know I'm not built like that. And he knows he's not built like that. So if you want to keep flexing that gun, be my guest. But just be prepared for the backlash that you're going to get. They accepted your apology the first time. The second time, they're going to side-eye you. If you do it once again, if there is if there is a next time... People are just going to be like, look, you know what? We're done. We're fucking done. Because it's clear that you've shown us where you want to be in life, even though you have the your future at your feet and your fingertips. If you want to keep doing this shit, then that's on you. Because the media is only going to have but so much sympathy for you. Especially if you keep doing the same shit over and over again. And like I said, my first reaction was like, the fuck you mean again? And I'm like, I just shook my fucking head. I shook my head because, listen, as soon as that I'm fine in the West came out, that's when shit just started to slowly go down for Ja. And things are starting to get just a little bit lower. Especially, I don't even think I talked about this either. But Ja, get your shit together. And if you still... Want to be a be a member in the face of the Memphis Grizzlies and still be the future face of the NBA? Get it together. Don't post Instagram videos of you holding a gun. Or, I'm sorry, what appears to be holding a gun. And then you get suspended from all team activities and everything. Banned from the buildings, all of that. So you pick the offseason to do it. But you know what? You a grown man at the end of the day. You know it's a risk when you do shit like this. So if that's worth it, if being a gangster is worth giving up your career, then hey, do you. You're going to be the one that's feeling sorry for yourself when you see what the hell you gave up in the long run. And I don't even know if I covered this in the last show or not, but Big Mouth Dylan Brooks will not be resigned to Memphis. Enjoy Taiwan. Enjoy any other team that you will play overseas in. Because after the distraction that he became on the Memphis Grizzlies this season in the playoff season, it's obvious that Memphis is like, okay, you know what? You do too much. Your mouth got you writing checks that your ass cannot cash whatsoever. So what we're going to do is fucking get you out of here and start over. Because they still have a lot of big mouth players on the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't get me wrong. Granted, Dylan Brooks was the biggest one. Him, 
Ja and Desmond Bain. Ran their mouths out of anybody else on that team. So to see him not get resigned is fucking satisfying because you can jump, you can jack your jaw all damn day when you're winning, when you're doing this and when you're doing that. You can call yourself a bully that and create the narrative that you are the villain. But then when that villain narrative gets spun in your face and explodes, then you want to play victim. No, you're the villain, right? So it shouldn't so you shouldn't give a fuck. And it shouldn't matter what people think about you because you're the villain, right? So you can't be mad at the media going with the narrative that you created in the first place. But now that you are a free man of the Memphis Grizzlies, you can either go into the D-League, you can go overseas, you can go and play anywhere. But I doubt, I highly doubt that any NBA team is going to give Dylan Brooks a chance to do the same shit that he was doing in Memphis. So hey, I don't feel bad for him one bit. This is just a lesson to say, close your damn mouth and there won't be any problems. But yes, this wraps up the first Dangerous Sports Talk I've done this month and a well overdue show for you guys. So I hope if you made it to this point, you definitely a real one. And I thank you guys so very much over and over again for always supporting Be Dangerous and the show itself. Again, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Be Dangerous. Follow me. Follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page and the podcast, wherever podcasts are available. And I guess I'll get ready for fucking work now because I do have to be at work in like another hour or so. But I had to get this show out for you guys. I love and thank you guys for your constant love and your support. And I'm out of here. Peace.